Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, I share a incredibly inspiring conversation with Gabe, who is the founder of Aura Health. It's a supplement company. And Gabe funded this himself in his initial startup phase. He's gone on to scale it with investors. But more importantly, he tells the story of launching a product line in the middle of a pandemic, what it was like to leave his corporate job, the fear and how he mitigated that and what he had to do to give this his all and to not give up in a world where, you know, shops were closing down and a lot of his plan of launching and, and marketing got thrown out. So how did he go about that? Gabe is full of wisdom and advice and shares really openly and honestly. And he also gives us some tips about some of their supplements if you're interested in trying them that could be beneficial for sleep um, or focus and motivation. I'll definitely be trying some of them out. Um, And so if you would like to try them, Gabe has very kindly offered us a discount code so to get 15% off of the Aura line, you can use the code STARTUPCREATIVE15 for 15% off. Um, but an incredibly inspiring story, lots of great wisdom and tips. And yeah, nice to just know that we're all in it together, experiencing fear, figuring it out, getting slammed by unprecedented times, but getting up and making a way through. Gabe is definitely walking the talk and also you can feel his passion in the conversation but also in the product line that he puts out and can 100% vouch for this product. So enjoy the episode. Don't forget to use the discount code and let me know what you think and how you go. Enjoy, guys. Amazing. Thanks for being here, Gabe. Welcome to the Absolute podcast. Pleasure, Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, my pleasure. I um, came across your product um, and got the magnesium because I I have a I have jumpy feet syndrome. I don't know if you've heard. Okay, restless, restless, restless legs. Yeah. My whole family has it and we thought it was a bit of a joke at first, but it gets really real, especially under the stress. I'm fully oh, yeah. outing myself here, but um, no, it's um, it's a massive issue um, yeah. for lots of people actually. Yeah, it's it's quite common. I got into this place where it's like you know I'd have to get up and sleep on the couch because I was so restless and needed yeah. to like kind of start myself. Anyway, a moral of the story is I I came across your magnesium, which yeah. was absolute game changer. Especially so what are you taking, taking the mag through the or the profound sleep? Uh, I did both. Yes. Yeah, I did okay. there, but both of them helped with um, really deep, restful sleep. Amazing. Nice. Yes. So thank and you. And did you suggest in the interest of clinical research and technology? Yeah. <laughs> um, did, you, did you play with your sleep habits, sleep protocol before bed starts at all? No. No, I just okay, so took my magnesium. Yeah, it's the only yeah, thing right. I took. Yeah. It's, I used to, I normally take another magnesium. And um, this one, I think, because I think I started taking off the back of COVID as well. And it was just super yeah. stressful. And it do you know the, th- the thing that it did? It put me into a very deep sleep. Like I woke up feeling rested. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so great. That's, that's the whole point. So magnesium yeah. obviously is one aspect of it. And that's yeah. from a physiological point of view, one of the considerations with your restless legs yeah. is that we're all typically magnesium deficient. So yeah. none of us get enough magnesium in the soil anymore. Yeah. Um, fruit and vegetables no longer have the magnesium content they used to have 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. And so when someone says, oh, I had taken something that's one of the one of the minimum things that I can yeah. take, magnesium is always kind mm. of top of that list, if you like. So yeah. magnesium and a fatty acid, like a fish oil or mm. an oil, yeah. always top of the list. And that's for mm. everyone. 
I yeah, love, no I love that we're just diving straight into free health advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best. But, you know, so that, yeah. that's, that, that definitely explains why the rest of the things. Yeah. Um, and then from a sleep onset point of view, that's awesome. That sounds like your sleep routine is reasonably yeah. controlled in. Yeah. Yeah, so, much yeah. better. Yeah, thank that's you. Great. And I think that's the, the back, back to the reason for telling that story is I love to put people on the podcast that um yeah, I really believe in in what you're doing. So thank you. And and maybe we should actually introduce you and <laughs> and who you are and what you do and what this magical magnesium is all about. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um so so first thank you for the opportunity. Um, not a very interesting bio. Um, suffice it to say, uh, 20 odd years in the supplement industry, working with some of the biggest brands across the APAC region. Um, probably, I guess, towards the end of 2019, we just got back from a, basically a nine year stint between Singapore and Shanghai, um, working across the region and traveling almost every month. And it just coincidentally, there was no real design to it. Just thought I could look, that's enough. It's time to some go back to Australia, get mm. some sort of quality of life back, um, and kind of to help with the career side of things, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. So, um, working for a big company in China, making fantastic money, you know, being paid out of Hong Kong, so on, growing tax environment as well. So, from mm-hmm. a pure financial point of view, it was fantastic. But also, I had this, I think, like you, you and your audience, I had this entrepreneurial itch that I really wanted to scratch as well um and i'm considerably older than you so mm. i thought you know what if i'm not going to do it now um mm. i'm going to miss my window and so yeah so anyways moved back under our own steam um arrived no clients no brand no business mm. mortgages to pay um and then uh, which was great COVID hit. And so, no. <laughs> so working from my attic, you know, in freezing cold and COVID hits. So, yeah. Wow. So that was it. But no, I mean, I'm joking, but I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing something for a really long time. Yeah. It's, Were you in the development side in your previous yeah, roles? Yeah, so I was an executive with Blackboards for about 11 yeah. years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did most of the acquisitions. I ran product mm-hmm. development out of Asia for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and a long time ago, I was, I was a barrister and solicitor in commercial litigation and worked for Accenture and Strat Consulting and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I've had a long sort of exposure to, consu- I guess, consumer products, if you like. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I was I was involved in, I was basically running product development for the whole of the Asian business for yeah, wow. five years. Yeah, um, amazing. I love this story so much because I think we'll dive into it because, you know, having been on that side of yeah. something that is such a, a global, huge, you know, well-known name, brand name in the supplements and health space, um, you know, I guess like almost taking that on or knowing their their market share yeah. and, you know, what what was that? And I I'm also would love to hear that part of the story. I'm really interested in it because I know that a lot of our audience, you know, are going, oh, when's the right time? Yeah, you know, totally. and and do you, do you remember what that moment was when you were like, I've got to dive in, or did you put certain things in place, or when did you know that it was like? I mean, obviously you had that thing of like, now, now or never. But is yeah. there a specific thing that kind of tipped you over? Because I think a lot of people spend time ruminating in that, like one day. Oh um, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of um, excuse, excuse me, for saying this. There's a lot yeah. of entrepreneurial and hustle porn out there as well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so it's very easy to just keep reading the next blog post, keep reading the next how-to mm. guide, keep listening to the next podcast and um, take the edge off your interest in doing your own business, I think. Is that mm. probably fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's almost, you know, you, you I call it, it's like that self-sabotage that's really yep. subtle of what you, you know, you think you're just getting prepped so that when you hit the ground, exactly. you're like everything ready to go. And exactly. there's so many people will spend years in that space. Yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you a question probably. So, yeah, and I was one of those people who be very honest with you. So um, the catalyst for me was I had saved a bit of money mm-hmm. um, just in that in that sort of nine year period, obviously it's not not stacks. Um, mm. You know, I still had to remortgage the house to start this business and all that kind of stuff. But enough to give me a bit of a buffer where I didn't need to have income coming in necessarily mm. to, to keep all the bills paid. So I think that's probably a good one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would absolutely not do this if I didn't have the experience of my mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. right? So the experience wasn't as an entrepreneur necessarily, although I have run smaller businesses, but it was more around I've got a network, I know who to call for manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, I have a good aesthetic sensibility around brand. As Jill pointed out, I've done product development in the category, I've done great products, I know they sell, all of those, so those kind of, mm-hmm. it's not even, uh, you know, it's all theoretical as we put it to the test, right, but at least you have a little bit of that confidence in the background mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is really scary, but at least I've done some of these things before. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I give people advice around starting their own business, I always say, look, go and volunteer your services for free. Mm. Um, as a as an intern at a business that you that you admire, mm. does that make sense? So you kind of yeah. you're learning on their dollar, but they're getting in return. They're getting free labor or very cheap labor or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's like that getting, knowing the lay of the land. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I've got a actually, which is not really a friend, but someone who I've met as an acquaintance through the industry who um, desperately started a brand had some experience in a large organisation, with great brand as well, which I won't name, but just didn't understand product at all and mm. has literally staked her family's life savings on production mm. of these products because they're not cheap, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not a clue about manufacturing, not a clue about formulation, not a clue mm. about the regulatory side of things. Mm. That, to me, is too much risk. Yeah. Um, because you're taking... There's so many things you don't know. So maybe you're a good marketer and a good salesperson, but you can't leave all of that side of things to a third party. It's just too yeah. risky. Yeah, I yeah, and it's it's the same with starting. You know, even smaller than needing to manufacture and and product development is you know there's having your finger on the pulse with as many things in the business, you know, that's the side hustle the yep. model is like, yeah, get to know every aspect. Cause if you just start outsourcing from the get go, you're going to get left in the dark or things are going to happen. The person's not going to be available to fix it. Well, and, so I'll give you, I'll give you yeah. a real example, right? Mm. So um, you're just throwing all your cash. So mm. the real example is, is digital marketing, right? So um, I've grown up in what we call B2B selling, so what yep. that means is a bit of consumer marketing to drive demand, but a lot of the interaction as far as going to market is with mm-hmm. with pharmacies or food stores or whatever, right? So yep. that more traditional kind of going to market. And I thought, you know, I'm so busy. I'm not going to do my Amazon, my Google ads, my Instagram ads. I'm going to outsource that to an agency. Mm. Biggest mistake I'm going to make. You know, because I'm not interested in detail, I'm not understanding ROAS, I'm not understanding all of those metrics that from you understand mm. backwards. And the agencies, in this case, were just full of crap. Mm. Um, and so I spent thousands, literally tens of thousands of dollars on this mm. with no return. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, thankfully it was okay to make a decision. I just spent three months, four months, and I was like, guys, this is just mm. not working. Yeah. All we're doing is paying you. Mm. And we're not seeing any return at all. Yeah. Um, it, that's so the, a really common one I get a lot. Yeah. And people coming in after having spent the tens out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it, I always bring it back to like no one will sell your product better than you. No. You know, you can't in until you're in you've got the person who understands it and and believes in it and totally. you know, trusts it. And then that's when people come back and they're like, all right, what do I have to do to get this? It's like, yeah, you sell it because people believe you because totally. you put everything on the line to make yeah. this work. Yeah. And yeah. I, think that's, that, I know that's the case with your business, but that's, that's absolutely the case with my business. So with small accounts, big accounts, online consumers, I will physically sit down with them if I can or I'll do a Zoom presentation or team presentation with them just mm-hmm. so they get a direct, at least that first interaction, they get it directly from me. And obviously that's yeah. a huge time suck. Mm. Um, but to your point, like mm. no one does a better job of selling your brand mm. business than you can. Yeah. Even if you're if, not an yeah. actual salesperson. Yeah. I think eventually, you know, you get to that point where, you know, you've got the in-house team or you've got yeah. consumers selling it on your behalf because it has that kind of tipping point, right? Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, but that beginning stage, keep everything, uh, you know, under under wraps or not under wraps is not the right word, but like under you your, know, under your con- umbrella. Control, yeah. word, but under your control. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, I um, agree. 
No, amazing. And so, yeah, I think you were talking, so like obviously having the understanding of, you know, the industry and all of that, was there fear involved when you finally decided to take that leap and be like, all right. Yeah, Yeah. and and here's here's sort of the reality of that. So it was was very multifaceted fear. So the fears included, shit, I've got the house on the line. What if if I just sell everything? Mm -hmm. And so you've got to do that kind of... um, Compared to the fear setting exercise mm. and kind of model out, okay, what is that? Rather than being all rose colored glasses, like actually look at the facts of what that means, mm. you know, okay, so mm-hmm. you sell your house, where do you live, um, how much money you got left, mm. can you come back from this? Mm. So that, that's point number one. Um, fear number one. Fear number two was reputational risk. So mm. I'm supposed to be this uh, successful hotshot, whatever. Mm. Um, I'm doing my own thing. If it bombs, I'm going to look like an absolute idiot. Mm, yeah. um, probably no one cares, in truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly that was what was going through my mind. Um, three, and this is being very, very honest, um, I'm early 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, if I step off the career track for three to five years, like however, however long this business takes to turn into something, can I get back into another executive job or, or have I just killed my career? Mm, that's a huge one for sure. Massive. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, how did you mitigate that one? <laughs> that one you can't. I mean, I think some of that is just fear and doubt, right? I, I think yeah. you, know, you can always you can always take a step down. I mean, you swallow your pride and you can take a step down too. Like, again, mm-hmm. that's, again, if you're modeling worst case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, and I guess maybe, like, you know, reflecting on what you said earlier, like, it's almost the pain of feeling that entrepreneur itch that you never give a good solid crack. And the fear of what if, uh, I think for me, it's like, if I never, you know, give this my all or, you know, jump in that pain and having to live with that forever is probably going to be more painful than having to take a step down. And think about the implications of that on Mm -hmm. friends, family, loved ones, right? So you all, you've got this kernel of self-resentment or I don't know what you would call it. Mm. kind of unfulfilled potential let's let's call it yeah yeah um what does that do to your relationships you know what does that do to the message you send to your kids Mm. um and I think that's like, yeah, for, for me, when I was starting out, it was like, what am I doing here? You know, and like going to that career, I was going to the career job and was like, yeah. got to get up, got to do the thing. You should be lucky. This is where you wanted to be. Everyone's proud of you. Like exactly. you're, you're killing it. And being like, but I'm internally like it started, I started waking up with really severe headaches yeah. in the morning. And I think it's, it eventually manifests in your body. If yeah, that, that, absolutely. Yeah. And I think also like you've got to, you've got to think about that business you're not enjoying working for as well, right? So um, don't, isn't it, isn't it probably more in integrity to let someone else who actually desperately wants that job to mm, do it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And it's almost more damaging to your career if you're not showing up to give your best exactly. as well. Yeah. Exactly. No, um, no, your your hopes are right. But, yeah, mm, the fear yeah. was, and still is some days. Yeah. Yeah. was the hardest part. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue into launching during COVID because it's like, you know, you can have every best plan. I think we all learnt this in some yeah. form. You know, it doesn't matter how well you've tested your business or know what your plan is or whatever, we all got copped with a global pandemic when no one yep. knew what the hell was going on. And how was that, like, you know, obviously jumping in and putting so much on the line, you know, then being, because you started mid-2020, was it? or early? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So we, yeah. we did sort of six months of brain development, ideation, formulation, product development, regs, because we started two brands, actually. So we started mm. more of which is the brand we're talking about. We started another another business called Nectar, which is a pet supplements brand. Oh, so cool. we did those two things simultaneously. So mm. it was a crackload of work. Um, but, yeah, then you've got the considerations around supply chain. You've got the considerations around half your customers are closing. Yeah. Um, I think online, thankfully, was a, was a saviour from a consumer product's point of view for a lot of brands. Yeah. So consumers were shopping online during that period, mm. obviously, so that – that helped. But, yeah, just, just another whole layer of uncertainty. So mm. um, to be honest with you, I yeah. stopped reading the paper mm-hmm. um, 
and I stopped listening to the news and I stopped yeah. watching the news and I put myself on this real fast, if you like, of only mm. consuming stuff that I knew would help with a positive state of mind. Mm. Um, probably sounds a bit weird, but, like, there was just no. so it's much it. going on. I felt like yeah. if I was just going to keep, you know, leaning into the COVID stats, mm. um, it's just a distraction that wasn't mm. helping any aspect yeah. of life. So I just got rid of it, to be honest. No, I love to hear that. And I went through those stages as well. And it was, do you know what it felt like is the perpetual, like if everybody and I did some like masterclasses and just like online support during COVID and, you know, people trying to make sense of the fear and uncertainty and anxiety that they were feeling. And I'm like, if everybody is admitting an aura (laughs) and that aura and that energy field is, um, is admitting, is full of fear, anxiety, you know, and sickness, um, then, and also then, yeah, like, you know, whose fault is it? Um, then we're literally, we, we can't avoid it. We're literally walking in this huge cloud of fear, you know, you got it. And Um, and there's a psychosomatic component to that, but mm, think about the implications of prolonged stress, chronic mm, stress on suppressing the immune system, mm -hmm. right? It's absolutely the last thing any of us wanted at that Mm. time. Um, yeah. You know, and you've got it, and for better or for worse, actually for worse, you've got this generation of kids in particular too who've got this almost like this neurosis around, mm. public, you know, public spaces. Um, oh, my gosh, you know, is that person vaccinated? You know, I've got mm. little kids, so I've got a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old. The 10-year-old consistently says, oh, Dad, you know, don't stand so close to that person. You know, mm. it's, and we're laughing about it, but it's just, it's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And touching and playgrounds being yeah. it's full on. But it's um is there was there a moment where you felt like I should put this on hold or you just was that no, shutting was down in. of it? So just I was, like I was, no turning I was, back. No, it was all in. There was no it was it was okay, cool, there's a pandemic. Let's just crack yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And how did you go about that? What was like, because I know that there was a lot of, you know, there was certain times and you know, I guess it's always, you know, I think it was prolonged but it was those certain times where it's like you know people found it hard to to be advertising and selling i guess you were in an industry that was exactly what we needed yeah no we no we brand new brand right so you assume you're gonna have to spend money on educating and so on we couldn't get come through you know our our launch event was a virtual teams Mm. event with some some great journos but the coverage was abysmal. Mm. We had a trade launch planned with one of our big divide in the health food chain partners. Yeah. They cancelled that event. So, mm. like, it was just like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And you just, it, I mean, it's, it sounds a bit trite, but we just have to keep, keep going. Yeah. Like, okay, mm. cool, man, it worked. What else can we try? Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, you know, that, that big, the big launch event that was going to, you know, seven grand on didn't work. Okay, mm. what else what else can we do? Yeah. <laughs> um, what were some we, of the things for you guys? Like did you did you have a team of people around you and did you were you not like really. it's, it's, we're yeah. all still we're all yeah. still time even now? So yeah, yeah no sales force at that time because we couldn't mm. afford them. So it was just myself kind of grinding away on accounts and so on. It was yeah. really I think coming back to our conversation, it was very much around okay, what are the elements that I can control? Okay, I've got relationships with retailers, mm. let me be in their face. Okay, guys. You've bought three of the range, but you haven't bought the other three. You know, can mm. we get that going? Can we get that going? Can we get that going? We had a couple of, not lucky breaks, we had a couple of um, some elements of good fortune. So one distributor, Oborn in, in Victoria that I've known mm. for 20 years, you know, it took, a, in, in my opinion, a better us and placed a $70,000 opening order. Mm. So that was that was phenomenal, right? Because then I could say to myself and to my investor, hey, look, this, is, this looks like it's working, you know, da-da-da. Mm. And, that, and, you know, that wasn't because we had any brand presence or any even, even consumer recognition. They just not took a punt, but they, they backed us, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've had multiple of those times in, you know, like, you know, relationships. And I talk yeah. about this a lot when everyone goes on about social media and what should we be posting and how often. And, you know, I remember there was a day when it went down altogether and being like, you know, 
I I felt calm because I was like, yeah, I, I've got a list of contacts and yeah. I've got a mailing list and um, you know, it's like that good old fashioned relationship building and yeah. and the trust in who you are and what you're putting your name to as well. And then but I, I think, think I think that's yeah. smart. And I think you've you've obviously you've you've got a, you personally you've got a model that includes mm. you know real workshops and you can you've got a mailing list, you know, you've got publications, you've got your Instagram all that mm. you can't think that one thing COVID certainly taught me was de-risking your mm. business in terms of reliance on platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's forgive me for saying this reliance on a no. particular distributor, you yeah. know, reliance on Instagram, reliance yeah. on Facebook, reliance on Google AdWords, whatever it is. Um, you can't you reliance on one supplier. Mm. Like our suppliers let us down over and over and over and over again. You know, oh we call we have a thing called die flip delivered in full and on time, right? So Dialogue typically is okay. You said it was going to be 20th of June delivery, um, and you hit 19 or 21. That's an acceptable yeah. deviation. Yeah. These yeah. guys are a month late or mm. you know, six weeks late, and so you've mm. made these promises to the trade or to your consumers, and you've missed them. The consumer on the trade or the distributor that doesn't care that your manufacturer let you down, mm. they just know that hey, you promised me this and you delivered, you didn't meet that promise. Yeah, um, so in that case, it's even as a startup, you know, how can I spread my work across three manufacturers versus mm, one? Yeah, um, right. And I think with that, it's not encouraging people to be paranoid, but it's encouraging you to think, okay, just for a second, you know, brainstorm all the crap that could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then have a plan to kind of for each of those areas. So, okay, yeah. you know, the supply lets you down. Okay, what's that fallback? Yeah. Um, you know, the delivery truck doesn't arrive. What's that fallback? Yeah. Um, you know, Instagram goes down. Mm. How big is that database? So, on direct yeah. mail context, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 It's then I think every, you know, that was one of the biggest lessons through COVID is diversifying what yeah. you do and how you exactly. do it. And then, um, yeah, it makes it, makes it feel pretty easy up until, um, then like, you know, like if business kind of felt easy and we were kind of, you know, you could rely on Instagram and now it's totally. like, um, but no, it's good. It's a good shakeup for a lot of people. I think. Well, I think, um, I think it, it made us all leaner. I think it made us all yeah. hungrier. I think it, as you say, it shook us up in terms of business models. Mm. A lot yeah. of businesses regretfully didn't survive. Yeah. Um, including yeah. in our industry. Yeah. And so I think this idea of, and this is and this is not a reflection of black holes specifically, yeah. but this idea of big companies, lots of people, big capital expenditure, big overheads. I don't reckon it's the way to go anymore. I think, mm. you know, the leaner you can be, the more nimble you can be, the more low cost you can be in terms of how you run your business, mm-hmm. the more the more optionality you have. Right? Mm. So ultimately startup business, as you know, is, okay, I've got this much cash and I, and I anticipate this much sales, right, mm-hmm. and this much margin. How long can I last if things yeah. go badly? Yeah. Um, Big time. And I think it's interesting. Sometimes start, so, yeah. sorry, sometimes yeah, yeah, start yeah. actually, which is interesting, it only occurred to me recently, is having the resources, cash, time, people to yeah. get to the next inflection point for your business. Mm. Um, and what that means is, you know, that breakthrough moment, the distributor order, you know, yeah. the US order, um, the celebrity who picks up the product and, mm. and thinks it's incredible and suddenly you just get a total breakout yeah. demand opportunity. Yeah. So, it reminds me of um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point, and yeah. have you, and he talks about those um, different, you know, what what a brand needs to tip, and it's like what I'm liking about this con- this part of the conversation, particularly, it's it reminds me of when I first started out eight years ago, and it was the the lean startup model yeah. was everywhere. And then I think it became so popular to start businesses and, you know, consume the blogs and everyone's saying do this course and stuff. So there has been a huge, big influx of people running businesses, right, in, the, in these certain ways. And now yeah. it's almost, yeah, it's, it's like that coming back into the real fundamentals and, yeah, do you, have it, do you have what it takes to stick it out and how have you done enough work on your business to sustain yeah. it and, and also your mindset too. It is mindset. Yeah, yeah. I think actually mindset is probably the most important thing to be honest because mindset yeah. is what's, what's going to get you up in the morning, get yeah. you dressed properly, get you ready for that presentation. Yeah. You know, after you've done four already and people yeah. have told you they're not interested, you yeah. know, can, can, you, can you turn up for the fifth presentation? Because it's, yeah. it's actually, doesn't matter how good you think you are, it's yeah. still going to be hard. Honestly, yeah. it's still going to be hard. Yeah. 
I did this, I uh, read this research paper and I was talking about it on a podcast about recently about self-efficacy and you know just like that word sums it all up it's like the belief in yourself that you have got what it takes you know that you've got the capability to do it and you know it's like how do you keep as an entrepreneur you have to keep feeding that you know you have to keep making sure it's on check and it's you know a full tank because the moment that's where people like you come in with your business because Mm. I think you're creating a community where people can can replenish that mm. reserve, I think, yeah. um, Thank you. which is yeah. so valuable. I mean, yeah. um, you know, particularly if you don't, and I think this is this is also one, like if, if you don't have a supportive home environment, friends environment, yeah. you know, you're going to have a really hard time. And if you mm. don't have those resources, those people and resources around you, mm. you've got to search for communities like yours yeah. and get that in place because it, it gets really hard. Like it's yeah. super hard. You know, you have yeah. Two, three crap months in a row. Yeah. You're starting to question everything. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, all the startup books talk about it, but, you know, every spiritual and health, well-being book and everything also talks yeah. about like the, the challenges where you grow. And it's like right beyond when you're about to give up that you actually go, oh, here's a breakthrough moment or a win that gives you a bit of like, you know, Re- re- relief from it. <laughs> it does always come around as much as you get into that place where you're just like, is this ever going to work? Or yeah. is it, what am I doing? It's like you always get those tiny little wins where you just like, oh, okay, that's enough yeah, to exactly. just keep me inspired. Exactly. And I think the day secret of entrepreneurship also is that sometimes things don't work. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that is an unfortunate reality of start, yeah. but, but any business, to be honest. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I mean, mm. touch wood, you know, we're not in that position. Yeah. But, I mean, yes, you know, I've seen mm. a lot of people who have crap during COVID yeah. and didn't, didn't make it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and... So, yeah, I'm interested to hear about, like, you know, coming off the back of that, your support team, you mentioned investors and, you know, your team around you. And I think you um, read on your website about the number of different experts that you've had with your product formulation process. But tell us about, you know, you've obviously been like, yep, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm, I'm moving home. And what was, how did you assemble a team or who did you put around you and what, what kind of helped you in that space? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it has actually it's fundamental in terms of the team. So um, it was me grinding away in the attic for quite mm-hmm. a long time, um, and, and you know, put the house on the line, tapped into mm-hmm. a bit of equity in that way, just to kind of get to a certain point. Yeah. Um, in order to go to the next phase of actually hiring a team, I had to raise a bit of cash. So yep. um, that was, and, and for anyone who's done it, raising capital is a full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a, you've got a full time job, which is trying to run your business at the same time. Yeah. Um, and also, I had to go. And, I had to do consulting work to bring mm-hmm. in cash to pay the mortgage, so we didn't burn through all of our savings as well. So yeah. um, that's a tricky process. Yeah. And I think also there's there's a there's a tendency to over business plan as well. So you can't mm-hmm. do. I think business planning is a criminal process, but I think. It, you don't want to overwork it because mm. the reality of your business will have very little to do with your business plan over time. Mm. <laughs> but at least it, it's a discipline that forces you to think through those elements we, talk, we talked about earlier about you know, yeah. production, supply chain, go-to-market, retailers, consumers, advertising, yeah. all those kind of elements of a business. Um, and then again, that capital raising process, particularly during the pandemic, was just horrendous, mm. yeah. horrendous. How so did no you go one, about that? How were you getting, you know, most VCs and things I know are like, yeah, yeah so, I mean, events I'm, and stuff? I'm fortunate that I have a network of sorts, but even then, yeah. and, and I guess a little bit of credibility in the, in the summer space, yeah. but even then, brutal, brutal, like the yeah. number of, thank you so much, we'll give you 15 minutes for a, for a pitch, and then, no, not for us. Yeah. I must have had 200, 300 likes conversations. Wow. At least. Whoa. At That's least. Huge. Um, and like you know I think you say you know you're you're 40 and you're going in and you're jumping in but in some ways I would look at that and be like that makes you a safe investment right oh Um, well I think yeah possibly a little bit safer yeah I mean nobody had I mean it's the same now to an extent nobody had any economic confidence Mm. during that period Mm. yeah so all the investors are like dude we're not doing any startups 
Yeah. Um, we're only looking for businesses with two, three million dollars in profit. And, you know, yeah. come back to us when you're at that stage and we'd we love to have a look at it. I'm like, yeah. mate, I've just started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so yeah, it's just it was just yeah. conversation after conversation after conversation after conversation, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then eventually some good ones. Yeah, so eventually it was a it was a friend of a friend actually who said, Oh, this particular guy or this particular group is looking to invest in the space. You know, why don't you have a conversation? So again, yet, yet another lunch meeting, mm-hmm. yeah, another coffee. Yeah. You know, and, and and again, it's never an immediate process. So if you are mm-hmm. raising capital, you know, that's something to bear in mind. If um if your burn rate is high, you're mm-hmm. screwed because you gotta yeah. you can never rely on a timeline to raise the capital. Mm-hmm. And yeah. When you need money, it's the worst time to raise money. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Right? Whether, yeah. it's, whether that's from a bank, whether that's from a private investor or VC yeah. or private equity or whatever it is, or friends and family, mm. when you're, you know, on your last 100 bucks, that's the last time, that's the worst time you're raising money. <laughs> right, that's such good advice. It's like, yeah, I mean, it also, you get to that desperate stage that your pitch is probably a bit erratic. <laughs> your pitch is erratic. You come up, so people can, I mean, be very astute right? People can smell yeah. panic and fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know yourself. If you meet someone and they're a bit off, you'll yeah. you'll sense it immediately. Yeah. Um, mm. So you know, you want to walk into those kind of meetings with what I call momentum. So yeah, you know, great consumer feedback on a prototype. Um, this customer's on board. Um, yeah. You know, this this media outlet sent following blah blah blah. So something. Yeah. That, that points to an upward trajectory. Yeah. Um, you've got yeah. That. You've yeah, got that's that. great advice. Really good. And um, what was it like going, I know we did, this was I didn't prep you for these questions, no, so I, feel free to tap out, but um, the, you know, going, like, you know, again, having that vision and dream for you and I think a lot of people, you know, go, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get investment, you know, and they really, push for it and want it and you know and then I've also heard the other side of clients who have come to me and said I've got this but here's the terms and conditions totally. you know and um and then torn between that and then people who've had it and had really bad experiences totally. have been like you know so yeah, yeah so the best advice yeah. I can give you is or anyone is consider it a marriage consider it to be a marriage mm. right so but it's a it's a marriage where if you're not careful, whether that's contractually mm. or otherwise, there's a disparity in the power base. Yeah. Right. So, um, one of the axioms that I've sort of come up with over the years, particularly when I was doing MA work, is yeah. no matter what anyone tells you, finance dictates strategy to an extent, right? So, mm. if you have an investor who's, by way of illustration, super conservative, doesn't understand your business very well, has in their minds allocated, let's make up a number half a million dollars to your business and that's it, no more, no mm-hmm. less, from a risk tolerance point of view. And you come to them and you say, Mrs. Investor, you know, we've got the opportunity to go into the US, but we just need another million dollars for working capital. Their answer is typically going to be no, mm. right? And then you kind of capitalise on the opportunity. Typically an investor will have um, control over what kind of finance you can get from a bank or a lender mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so finance has a material impact on strategy. Mm, so yeah. how you finance your business will dictate what you can and can't do with it over that, say, yeah. three to five-year window. Um, yeah. And there are always strings attached. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So contractual otherwise. Um, so let's say you, you go to your mom and say, Mom, remortgage your house. I need 300 grand, right? We did um, have a fashion brand on the podcast whose parents yeah. gave them $100,000. Which, which is incredible which and, is like, and what a gesture of support. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, let's say 100 grand is lost, yeah. right? What does that do to your relationship with mum and dad? Mm, yeah. um, and that's a very, that should be something that people get a lot of thought yeah. to, yeah. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, can, can mum and dad afford to lose 100 grand? Yeah. Um, yeah. Startups are notoriously risky. You know, yeah. small businesses are notoriously risky. Mm. Um, are they making an emotional investment or, mm. or a, you know, a financial investment? And if it's mm. the former, you've yeah. got to cover off with them, hey, guys, mm. there's a greater than 50% chance that this money 
mm. won't be here in two years' time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, are we, are we as a family, are we all okay with that? <laughs> Am I still going to be invited to family yeah. lunch? <laughs> no, because it can, yeah. I mean, we're joking about it, but it can destroy families. No, absolutely. No, I think, and, you know, I guess it's one of the perks is like when you go into that investor relationship, it is contractual yeah. and it's not emotional and it's no. strategic and, and on the books. But the, 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 the reciprocal of that is that if that person gets the shifts with you, they can, they can, you can be gone as, as mm. managing director or whatever it is, mm-hmm. give yourself as a final, right? So yeah. a lot of investors will, will reserve the right to appoint the CEO yeah. um, and that may not be you. So if, you, yeah. if you're not delivering and yeah. they run out of cash or run out of patience, they probably have the right to get rid of you. Yeah. No, it's, it, there's huge big stories around all of yeah. that. Um, and so what, what was your, um, you know, when did you know that you wanted to, was that from the beginning or was that a certain growth point and for you, like you obviously it had was a, just some traction. If I wanted to go and hire yeah. real staff, you know, they're not going to work for love or for mm. swing money typically yeah. in most yeah. cases, right? They just can't yeah. people on mortgages, they've got yeah. kids, all that kind of stuff. So I had to raise mm. enough money to employ people. Yeah. Um, you know, even part-time. And even till, so up until then, it was just you making phone calls? Wow, amazing. Yeah. And um, bringing in that, I mean, I'm interested too, is like that space of how, how long was your product development and, um, and, and going from, you know, sitting in the attic to, all right, I'm ready to launch. Yeah, so it's, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a distinction to draw with this. We did a, a new brand plus new products. Yeah. So I think if you, if you decouple brand from product, product yeah. almost typically because we've done it for a long time, Three to four months per yep. per product, but yep. obviously running in series, not not in not in sorry, in yep. parallel, not in series being part. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wait, so that was a three or four months from to developing the product line yeah, to launch with. Yeah, from product in warehouse, yep. three or four yep. months, but but yep. running six at a time, not just yep. one. And did you have them all, like a range ready to start with when you were like, cool, we're open for business? Yes, yeah. So yep. I had I had six products on the human side and five on the dog yep. side. Yeah. Are you still doing your dog site? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I, we actually, my investor in that business exited. Yeah. And so got a 335% return on his money. Yep. Um, wow. So I, I stayed in. I, didn't, I got a yep. plastic pen. I didn't sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But that was, that was good outcomes. So that was less than yeah. a year. And well we done. got a 300% exit. So, yeah. That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> Better than the interest rates. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Um, and then so obviously, yeah, taking it to market and like, I, you know, we touched on you working in the industry on, yeah. on some of these big brands. Um, was there, did you have a point of difference that you knew you were going to hit or was there something like, yeah, I guess in a saturated marketplace? And I think, yeah, you know, no, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent yeah. question. Yeah. Um, you know, at first glance, you'd be crazy to start a the brand right now. There's mm-hmm. there's a million and one brands out there, as you know. They all look yeah. and feel similar. Um, yeah. You know, they're all natural. They're all in brown glass. And yeah. um, so, no, we forced, well, I forced myself to do a lot of work in terms of brand proposition and mm-hmm. points of differentiation, why we we're going to have a, a right to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our cases, you know, not in any particular order, one, I think, is the aesthetic of the brand. So the aesthetic mm. of the brand is very elevated versus what else is out yeah. in the market. And I think that was important because we're appealing to a, a more sophisticated discerning consumer. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two. That's me. I'm sophisticated. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, supply chain transparency. If, you, if someone cared about it, they could see where mm. our ingredients come from, where they were manufactured, manufactured documentation. That's never been done before in our mm. industry. Yeah, wow. um, organic ingredients in every single formulation again never been done before across mm-hmm. supplements it's, it's in food a lot as you know but not in supplements um potency so the practitioner grade formulations but not but don't require a practitioner to prescribe them so i think that mm-hmm. was really important and then being plant-based i think is also something that people have resonated mm-hmm. with but to be honest with you this was a thesis when i put it together i didn't i didn't mm-hmm. know that the market would respond so mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, how much do you put that down to putting it in like, you know, for example, I've had multiple people that I've shared the magnesium with and yeah. raved about who've who've taken my word for it and or, I, for example, I left it um, at a friend's house and she's an um, older woman and has been having really bad hits and yeah. movement and having to go back, to, you know, has had surgery and it's getting colder. Anyway, I left the magnesium there and she's like, oh, I gave it a little try. And <laughs> she's like, it's really helping. Where do I get yeah. more? Yeah. And it was like that exact, you know, like trusting in doing the work on the product. It's almost the, for me, in my experience with your brand has been that it sells itself. Because yeah, what, only, when it's it's in, only when it's in your kitchen though, right? So, yeah. Uh, and so, sorry, two elements that I've missed out in mm. terms of USP, if you like. Most supplements taste like absolute crap. And yeah. they're, they're flavoured with artificial sweeteners and flavours and mm-hmm. colours and so on. So I said, I know a woman later mine who's one of, one of the top sort of food technologists in Australia to say, look, mm-hmm. these need to taste good enough for normal people, mm-hmm. not just freaks like me who can yeah. take anything, mm-hmm. but normal people can take it, right? And then the mm-hmm. capsules, easy to take, two a day, vegan capsules, no no mess, no fuss. Mm-hmm. You know, the hormonal balance program, which I don't think you've tried, mm-hmm. um, Organic, ACMC organic, tastes yeah. like chocolate milkshake. So mm. I've got I've got women taking that instead of their afternoon hot chocolate. It's super yeah. cool. Um, I should probably get on that instead of my afternoon coffee. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's still, yeah. like, it's still got all the napkins. It's still got all the medicinal mm. mushrooms in there. So it's going to give you a bit of a lift, yeah. but it's not going to deplete the adrenals. It's not going to make mm. you have a disruptive sleep, you know, when yeah. you finally get to bed sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. But I think... There is that. I think you've used the valuable example. I think there's that. I, you know, the the concept of the lever. You know, mm. you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing. You feel like you're getting nowhere, and then suddenly you get a little bit of traction, and, and it mm. starts to move flywheel. Um, I think word of mouth in supplements is very much like that. Mm. I'm sure, it is in other industries as well. So you get enough people getting results, taking it, and then mm. telling enough friends. That's when you start to get that that momentum, I think. And mm. you know, brands like JS Health, who I think have done a phenomenal job. They've amplified that word of mouth through testimonials and social media. They've mm. done an incredible job, um, mm. but they've just moved a lot faster. Yeah, uh, by being really savvy in terms of what they do online. Mm. And like all of those things you listed off to stand out in the marketplace, I like, you know, I've worked with other, you know, um, we had rock on natural toothpaste yep. on the yeah, podcast nice. and and even people doing, you know, organic clothing. Um, it's the process of like when you're creating something that's, you know, that is so different and you're, set, you're going to go track all of our things and, you know, it's plant-based and it's natural and it's also going to, like you've made all of these big grand promises that really yep. stand you out. How hard was it for you to like, I guess, get the, did you, were you aware that the solutions or was it hard or did you have pushing point? Was there any moments where you're just like, maybe we should just like, let's just not do the nap taste. Oh yeah, for thing. sure. So, um, you know, we had prototypes of the original products. You try the magnesium and the sleep product. The prototypes were actually a lot better than those final results. I don't think mm. the products were good, but the prototypes were incredible. Mm. Um, for some reason, our particular manufacturer couldn't translate the recipe into wow. the finished product. And so the first um, production samples they sent us were disgusting, mm. absolutely disgusting. I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do here? Add sugar. Um, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I was... I was really, really freaking out, and I actually ended up swapping the manufacturer, you know, at the 11th hour and begging, begging, begging them to try and hit our original timeline, the yeah. new manufacturer. Um, but then effectively throwing out the prototypes, which were amazing, and starting from scratch. Wow, all yeah. All the flavours, all the colours. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. And that's just the nature of the process, right? Yeah. We're dealing with natural mm. ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, manufacturers on different um, skill levels. Mm. So, yeah. And I guess it comes down to like sticking to your guns on it because it's the value totally. that you built the business on, you know. Totally. In- and I think if you, if you I, I never advocate taking shortcuts, particularly around mm. quality, because that's that's the core. Mm. We're, at, at the end of the day, we're building products to go on people's vows to give them a therapeutic benefit, right? So mm. they've got to be integral. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
this detox shortcuts on that stuff. Yeah, I think I mean that's incredible. Obviously, it kind of was like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> you can I think it's like coming back to that um, you know, why jump in and why start? Yeah. And it's you know, you can I think there's plenty of times in business, no matter what industry you're in, you can get some pushback, you can get some challenge, you can get some no's and all of those things. And you know, there's oh, there's always a way, you know, whether it is you know, well, I've had, I had stores, you know, so you'd you think, okay, to your point, you took all the boxes, should be a, yeah. should be an easy an easy sell, yeah. right? Yeah. No, um, yeah. I've had stores, particularly I think a lot of stores didn't want to um, sort of say this out loud, but I think a lot of, a lot of retailers suffered massively during COVID, mm. stating the obvious, right? Mm. And I think for some of them, they were just hanging on by their fingertips. And yeah. so for me, I'm walking and going, Hi, you know, I've got this great new brand and it's designed for your customers and, and it looks great. And they're like, dude, I'm not doing any new brands for the next six months. Mm-hmm. I'll see you in June, whenever. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I'm, and I'm like, hang on, that doesn't compute, right? Like, I've ticked all these boxes for you and you don't want the product. What, you know, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Um, the reality is, they may have been like literally hanging on my thread, yeah. trying to sell the stuff they already had. You know, didn't have the headspace to even think about anything new at that point. Mm. And that comes back to our, our earlier conversation around you've just got to have the ability to hang in there yeah. long enough. Yeah. Um, well, keep, coming, also, keep coming back to that drawing board. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What were we going to exactly. say? I was going to say yeah. also this kind of this rule in marketing around the seven explosions before someone has the awareness yeah. of your brand. Yeah. yeah. I reckon that's really true. And I think it's possibly yeah. even 10 explosions. Yeah. So, you know, your mate heard that from you. They saw it on Instagram. They walked into a health food store and saw the brand. Um, yeah. They saw it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, they saw our ad in Dumbledore in the magazine this month, right? Mm. And only then do they start to think, oh, maybe we should give that yeah. brand a try. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, and I think it was that point around, you know, going back to the drawing board and going, you know, well, what other person can I knock on? And, you know, maybe these people will take some more yeah. products and being creative. And and that's the pivoting, right, that makes a brand stay, yeah. you know, stay around. And I think it's like back to that point because I think it's really good for people to hear is like when you come against those, um, like up against those no's or, you know, the pushback, yeah, I think people can want to cheap out or, or you know, you know, kind of like, like oh, well, whatever, yes, let's just adapt to what yeah. they are wanting or needing um, and not compromising on that. And it's like staying true to the integrity of why you started and what you're setting out to achieve. Yeah. I think well, it's I think really vital. Um, the Mad Fruit Move, which is the product you'd be talking about, case in point, right? So to differentiate that product from all the other magnesia done, one, we did a better quality magnesium formulation. Two, we made mm-hmm. the taste really good. But three, we included all these herbs to support cognitive function, mood, stress, mm-hmm. um, and took a strong position on mood, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a risk because no one's done that before. So mags, typically muscle health, mm-hmm. restless legs, to your point, the best sleep stuff, but never mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of our slowest sellers initially. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, maybe people don't get this mood story, mm-hmm. um, but... We gave it a bit more time. In, in this case, you know, four more months, five more months, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Now it's really cranky because you've had that those early adopters kind of go, "Oh, mm. wow, I like this. This is great. You should try it." Um, mm. And it, and it's now doing really well. But yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like I thought, oh, man, you know, maybe people just don't get this idea. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, no. And in the companies you do research, right? Yeah. So you, you pay 40 grand, 50 grand, you get a panel yeah. of consumers, you test contests with them, you see what mm. works. Don't, mm. uh, we don't have that flexibility, that luxury mm. of that sort of testing. And even that, I mean, the testing is never 100% yeah. bulletproof either. It's just, mm. it takes some of the risk out of it. Yeah, big time. Um, I know we've got lots of questions for you. I'll quickly ask something on that before we get towards the end. But Go for is, it. What, what was your, what's your, what would be your number one tip? for like for this product for example right is to how do you get your product in a consumer's how do you get the consumer to take a risk on something that they've never tried before and maybe they've taken you know like my parents for example it's like dad's been taking like the same vitamin c tablet 
since you know I can ever remember his his parents probably gave it to him as kid you know like so yeah I think there's like that kind of how do you how do you get somebody to take choose you off a shelf instead of somebody the one they've always done yeah so in the supplements category I'm not sure about other categories Mm. one of the biggest influences is not advertising it's word of mouth Mm. so um if you could, so in our case, we seeded a product with a lot of different thought leaders, if you like. Mm-hmm. So people who, so if you profile your, your, your ideal consumer, right, and we got mm-hmm. this wrong as well, like, so we had someone who was a bit younger in mind for our mm-hmm. brand, just because we thought, oh, you know, millennials, Gen Z, in fact, the consumer for our brand is someone who's not on their first supplement brand, if we're, mm-hmm. if we're already taking something like a practitioner brand, but just wants to be mm-hmm. a bit more elevated. Um, so that was a lesson. But can you speak to someone who that person trusts? So whether that's an influencer like yourself or whether that's um, a media outlet or whether that's, mm. um, in our case, training a whole bunch of practitioners in health food stores. Mm. Um, so I've trained thousands, literally thousands of practitioners in the last 12 months mm-hmm. on my products, had conversations, run workshops, mm. run evening seminars, run breakfast seminars, and eventually stimulus meets opportunity. Stimulus meets opportunity, right? So that practitioner is going to have you walk into their store, mm. asking for something for your restless legs, mm-hmm. and they'll say, again, you're top of mind. Oh, the aura, the aura guy was quite a good mm. guy. I seem to know what he's talking about. The product mm. tastes pretty good. I've tried it myself. He gave me a free sample. Mm. I can recommend. Therefore, I'm going to recommend. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's actually, absolutely. It's a, very, yeah. it's a very multifaceted Thing. Yeah, I had a feeling that it would have been something in the, you know, going in and, and putting, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's like the OG marketing strategy yeah. of seminars and, you know, they're non-selling, but totally also, OG. you know, it's, um, but also trusting, the, training the the experts who are going to be the consumer and then, you know, yeah. yeah. I love that. No, it's good advice. And I think it's really good for people to hear that too because it's like there is so much hype and scarcity and fear around all these online different well, it's clickbait more, stuff. I reckon you know? it's more sustainable as a business model. I know it's boring mm. as hell, but it's more mm. sustainable as a business model to have those direct relationships between brand and recommended mm. brand and consumer than yeah. just paying for traffic or paying for clicks. Well, um, it's a longer burn because a click-through means they're interested but they're not maybe ready to buy. You know, correct. they've still got questions, right? Correct. Um, it's funny you say that because I had an experience recently. I hadn't been on stage. I, I had COVID and then I had, you know, a few weeks getting back on track and then um, I just had this last couple of weeks of like a bunch of speaking gigs, being nice. on podcasts, all these things. And it was really interesting to watch just the energy around my business start to really just give life again, which I was feeling a bit like in a slump about. And I was like, well, I got on stage, you know, it's not like I got paid. Some of them were free. Some of them were paid. And I just did what I did. And then it's like, yeah. And I'm like, ah, that's right. Like just getting out in front of the people who need what you have and yeah, not you're, being afraid you're, you're, to sometimes your do that brand. for free. You know, as much as yeah. anyone else, you're, you're the brand, right? So, mm. and it's your energy that people are buying when they yeah. purchase a book or they purchase a mm. workshop or whatever it is. So, yeah, no, mm. that makes total sense. Yeah, makes total no, it's sense. the same. And it's like, yeah, getting out there and having a face-to-face conversation with someone and the benefits of that, of yeah. like what that actually does as a lasting experience. And, yeah. and think, I mean, we're all different in terms of personality, right? Introverts, extroverts, whatever. But yeah. I think even, so let's say you're the biggest introvert in the world, if you can pop in and say hi to customers directly, consumers directly, yeah. you can't, no, you know, mm-hmm. Nike can't beat that. You know, Apple yeah. can't beat that, right? Because, yeah. you know, you, you know, um, two books not, not turning up to my place to yeah. talk to me about my iPhone. Yeah. Um, but, but I am turning up to health food stores to talk to them about yeah. Blue. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love that. So... Mm. Hey, um, we've had so many amazing tips. I want to finish with, I'd love to, you know, think of our audience of, you know, me also as a person, it's like, I think when I think of what I would want to add to my, you know, if I was to add supplements to yep. my everyday um, and maybe our audience would be, you know, things that I hear a lot, you know, obviously stress and, yep. you know, not enough time in the day, not sleeping, you know, feeling that sluggish and like, you know, almost like, 
I can't sit down to focus long hours uh, or, you know, we are focusing long hours, so then it's hard to wind down. But yeah, what would your top aura picks be for our audience who are like, I'm going to give this a shot. What are you, what are you prescribing for our creative yeah. audience? So of um, entrepreneurs? you'll find speed in Congress. My first recommendation is always work on lifestyle, nutrition, sleep first. Yeah, so, love that. Products, products, <laughs> my products, anyone else's products mm-hmm. won't fix you know, if you're, if you're eating burgers and pizza and watching Netflix till 12 a.m., there's fundamentals to sort out <laughs> before and not exercising and not sleeping. Get, get that yeah. stuff sorted first and foremost. Sometimes in the absence of any particular health condition are generally ways of taking you to that next level of mm-hmm. health and well-being. So as we said at the top of the conversation, everyone in Australia is deficient in magnesium, so I definitely don't want magnesium. If there's nothing particularly wrong with you, None of us eat enough fruit and vegetables, so I'd recommend the, the organic greens powder as a way of just giving yourself that nutritional insurance, filling nutritional mm-hmm. gaps when you're not eating, you know, the most comprehensive whole foods mm-hmm. diet out there. Hey, um, I have a quick then, question on that one because yeah. I, I don't think I've tried the greens powder, but does that one taste good? Because I've never come yeah. across a greens so that, powder that's, that tastes Remember good. we spoke about pain points for normal people? Yeah. <laughs> most greens powders taste like cut grass. Oh, everyone I've ever come right. across. Um, ours does not. So ours is very neutral, very mild, mm. tiny touch of stevia as a sweetener, um, yep. some fruit vegetable organic powders. That's 95% of mm. the ingredients. So mm-hmm. it's designed to be palatable for, you know, the teenager, mm-hmm. you know, the boyfriend who just won't take any supplement or the mm-hmm. girlfriend who just won't take any supplement mm-hmm. at all. It's, My 70-year-old dad who refuses yeah. to eat green food. <laughs> it's, it's for normal people, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's that one. Um, one product I'm absolutely in love with is one of our new ones that launched in May, which is called Bright Mind Complex. Mm. So um, Bright Mind Complex is, to your point, it's that cognitive fatigue, um, brain fog, um, yeah. you know, mental tiredness. You know, maybe you're physically wired, but you're mentally just blank. That, this is the product. And oh it's like research ingredient, so we're not asking you to take a leap of faith on mm. yet another you know, ginkgo formula or vitamin B mm-hmm. formula. This has got a couple of ingredients that have got four clinical trials respectively, mm-hmm. um, good quality trials showing, mm-hmm. you know, improved alertness, improved memory, improved cognitive speed, processing speed. Um, yeah. I've tried it so with and without coffee, just yeah. phenomenal. Like it's um, it's just phenomenal. Amazing. Uh, and it works within 45 minutes, which is brilliant. So love that. Um, I've been yeah. taking it, interestingly enough, um, maybe a bit weird actually, I've been <laughs> taking it as a pre-workout. Yeah. So just because, you know, if you're going to go and do a strength session or a hard training session, yeah. if your mind's all over the place, yeah. um, it's hard to deliver on that, particularly in the mm. morning uh, when it's freezing cold. So, yeah, it's a pre-workout. It's been phenomenal. You know, yeah. it's non-stimulating. So mm. instead of getting a coffee at 2 in the afternoon, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Amazing. Yum. I can't wait to try it. So that's, awesome. that's a capsule. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's okay. an easy, yes, that's a cool Perfect. Capsule. How good. Oh, well, I feel like that's it. Was there anything else that you want to add? I feel like that's a. No, that's no, it. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously, it. Yeah. yeah, there are different products, different needs. Yeah. Depending on what, what you yeah. have um, going on in your life. But yeah, yeah those are I love certainly that. might be those ones that I've seen. Amazing. Thank you. I'll um we'll pass that on. We'll share a note to a link in the bio. As yeah, well, well, I think you should probably sort like you guys that. out with a special offer as well, if you like. Ah, awesome. Let's do that. We'll we'll put it all in the show notes. That'd be awesome. Amazing. Hey, uh, well, to finish this up, because we've taken up so much time and had so many incredible insights. I mean, there's been abundance of tips, but is there one number one tip that stands out for people looking to I get into a health industry or, or get a startup off the ground, either one. Yeah. Um, if we're going to talk a little bit in Congress, but um, I personally think that great health is the ultimate platform. It's the ultimate mm-hmm. leverage, right? And that's physical, mental, spiritual health. So get that stuff sorted. And I think particularly I would encourage people going into the health supplement space, for example, try and walk the talk mm. right so that's another in my opinion that's another differentiator so mm. there's a lot of executives in some of these big brands who couldn't care if they're selling paint or you know visual to be honest mm. um if you're trying to enter this industry be be the consumer you know live mm. that consumer's process they 
they, they're spending, in some cases, 200 bucks a month on supplements. Mm-hmm. That's a massive chunk of the family budget in a lot of cases. Um, they're in, they are investing in their health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you owe it to them to try and live, live that ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, sorry, it's not a business tip, but it's more no. just... No, I love that. I think that was something, you know, that I actually, the podcast that I put out last week, I was at the end of it. I was like, oh, I've been working on this thing. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to say by the time the podcast is out, I'm going to have it up on the website. It'll be available. Yeah, nice. And then yesterday my podcast guy's like, hey, I'm putting the podcast up now. And I was like, oh, and I'd <laughs> half done it. But I was like, I have to, I have to walk the talk. I've just I like, so, you know, mate. shown that I've given myself a deadline and told yeah. people, hundreds of people are going to go and listen to this that I'm going to do this. And it's like, yeah. And so for me, it was that integrity of being like, if I'm going to coach people this stuff, I'm going to do it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, love think that. It's, I think whenever you're not kind of living to choose, you're always living with that integrity. Mm-hmm. You feel it, your customers feel it, mm-hmm. you know, your audience feels it. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I do like, I love that point about health and well-being because when I started, it was, you know, work, you know, pull all-nighters, live off yeah, two minute noodles, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not signing up for this. I'm taking no. Mondays off if I want to. Yeah. I will still go on holidays. I'm going to still buy my organic vegetables. Yeah. Like, and I've got to find a way for the business and it's, to be and able to find right? So that, yeah. that kind of all-nighter, mm. um, sorry, we're over time, but no. think of it like, paying for things on a credit card, right? Mm. You can do it, but at some point the bill's going to come due on your adrenals, mm. you know, mm. on your sleep quality, on yeah. your immune system. Um, yeah. And, you know, do you really want to be paying that bill back? Because mm. it's going yeah. to change it's going to take its impact on your health. Right? Yeah, so. big time. And I, I had a busy week a few weeks back now, about a month or so. It was the most turbo work week of so much on yeah. and just really early mornings and late nights. And, um, you know, I noticed that even a couple of weeks after that week, my, yeah. you know, fight, a fight or flight button could be pushed by like a tiny little like exactly. someone blowing on me. Exactly. And it would be spiked and then I would feel the come down from the adrenaline and then I'd be like, oh, my God, how, why did I? let that get the better of me it didn't need to react like that and exactly. realizing i had to come back to sleep and meditation and exercising and being yeah, sound and them, as I say, don't even worry about stuff let's get the foundational principles of health mm, right which you, which yeah. you know instantly. yeah and once you've got that one then you've got a baseline to say okay cool yeah. i'm still stressed what do i need or i'm still yeah. getting up magnesium what do i need yeah um, yeah I love don't, that. don't don't use the supplement my supplements or any of them as a crunch to compensate mm. for poor lifestyle platform yeah yeah Yeah. no great advice thank you so much i really loved your story of the passion and to take the risk at you know and still feel the fear even though you had so much experience and you know pursuing it in the middle of COVID and all of that so incredible advice thank you so much it's such an honor to have you here our pleasure and thank you for your great products pleasure (laughs) nice to meet you guys thanks